It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. season is here <laughs> that's all we care about baby it's officially week one we are jumping into it and uh if you're listening to this uh on tuesday we are going to be at the paper street pub tonight we're going to be giving away tickets to this bad boy the home opener eagles versus the falcons maniunk paper street pub six to eight uh ava graham's going to be there james seltzer who's to the left of me is going to be there go birds elliot shore parks to the left of him is going to be there what up? Excited uh, for the first one? Exactly. And uh, we're ready to go for week one, fellas. I'm, uh, I'm pumped. And uh, yeah, yeah, the Eagles cheerleaders, unfortunately, an Eagles player won't be joining us. So we've been promoting that, but it's too close to game time. And we want, uh, they're going to need their necessary rest, I guess, well, for At least if they the lose, opener. they can't blame us now, right? That's for true. For having a yeah. player there. So. It's not going uh, to be the beers that put them over. So uh, we're excited for week one. We hope you are too. And you can always follow us at GoBirdsPod, at James Seltzer, at Elliot Shore Parks. At John Barchard for all of the good stuff. So, gentlemen, uh, we start with uh, Cranky Pants, Dan, Doug Peterson, <laughs> over the weekend. Which, by the way, this has gone kind of back and forth. The uh, And Elliot was down there, so obviously we want to know what was going on. But to me, uh, everyone's right. Everyone is right in this. Doug has a right to get uh, upset, and, every, and, and and the media can ask the same question over and over and over again. And uh, I think they're both right here. Yeah, Elliot. I mean, we're... As the media, we're doing our job asking. And I had a lot of people on Twitter tweet me and all the other beat guys like Jimmy and Rube and stuff saying, well, stop asking him. Stop asking him. Like, guys, we're talking about the starting quarterback, the franchise player. He is the biggest question every single day of this season. How he's feeling, how he's playing. That is going to be the storyline. Now, here's what I'll say about Doug Peterson from what I've gotten to know about him in the two years he's been here. He is 
at his core, an extremely nice guy. That's just who he is, right? So when he started this training camp talking about Carson's injury, I think he was, if he could do it again, I think he wouldn't be as honest as he was because he was giving us so much information, answering it honestly, which is what you want as media members and as fans. But I think over these last two weeks, and you really saw it kind of crescendo with this last press conference, he's just frustrated by it. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He's tired of giving up information. So I think you're absolutely right. He has his, it's his right to answer it how he wants. His interest is the franchise. His interest is Carson Wentz. Our interest as media members and also the fans that are listening is we want to know. But you could tell right away he was not in the mood for the, for that press conference. Yeah, I've been waiting for that all offseason. I'm surprised it took him <laughs> till the end. I mean, what what why what was it, what we're waiting for? Anything else? I mean, you get the same questions over and 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 over again. I mean, at a certain point you're like, screw it. Nick's playing. Leave me yeah. alone. I'm done with this. I, I wasn't surprised. I was happy to see Doug let loose a little bit, let it out. Again, we talked uh, it's just nice to know at this point which way it's going to be. We all kind of are reading the tea leaves thought it was foals on this end. So not surprised about it. And and again, I, I I'm good with it. I'm happy Doug got a little feisty. I think yeah, he's, so t- he's tired of all the bullshit. Let's just, just roll the, here. The interesting thing was what actually got him upset, right? Like, so if it was just the questions and the questions and the questions, I would get that. But he seemed to be so upset about the report that it was going to be false. That's, well, I, I know why. I mean, okay. it's because, first of all, it's, it's round the, four. Yeah, it's the rap sheet. It's, <laughs> right. the, rap it's a Peterson versus. rap sheet. Let's go. And what I think happened was, uh, you know, I mean... If you are an Eagles media member, if you're a writer and you're covering this team, you're going to write about the report yeah. that Ian Rappaport had. And it so happens that's right why before he lumped you guys. Final. It happens right before final cut. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so that's why I lumped all of you together because he probably saw it in everybody's headline saying, like, report, Nick Foles is a- end up going to start here. And and that's the fun part for me. I mean, all of that was just uh, that was a good show. Like, I, I got out the popcorn. It was, uh, it was fun. It was back and forth. But I got to say, though, real quickly. Just like Ellie was saying, Doug started this. We played it two weeks ago mm-hmm. when he was on Tiki and Turney saying, yeah, or uh, one week or two weeks or maybe even three or four or week four or five. Like, it's just we're going to come to that crossroads when it's happening. Here's what's interesting to me, James, is I think that Carson's pretty much ready to go. I think he is ready to go. In fact, I think he could have come out there and played today. Do you get the feeling that if Nick Foles ends up winning games, you are not going to see Carson Wentz? Because it's it's starting to get that way, at least for me, because Mike Garofolo even said yesterday on the NFL Network that he's going, you know, maybe it's October. We'll have to wait and see. I think that just means if they are winning football games with Nick Foles, they're going to wait on Carson Wentz. I, look, I always thought and said they should take it as slow as they need to take it, the long-term health. And we've all said this, but it, it's the, the most important thing to be said in this whole thing is the next 15 years of Carson Wentz are more important than this year. It's obvious. It should be obvious, but yet it still has to be said. That is the most important thing. So if that's what they have to do, I'm totally fine with it. Whatever you need to do to make sure you feel and the organization and the doctors and everyone feels like Carson Wentz is going to be helped the longest for the longest term. Cool. I'm in. But it's also the type of thing where if he's cleared, if he's medically ready to go, I don't think Wentz is going to be super down with that. He's going to be like, let me out no, there. Not at all. Yeah. And also, I I just feel like when Wentz is fully 100% healthy, and I don't think he's there yet. Like, I think he is kind of, if you want to, you know, say he could be, but I think they're holding him back. I still think it's week three. I think in against the Colts, back home, 
They're going to wait for a home game. I, I think week three is when Carson Wentz starts, regardless of what happens in the first two weeks. Yeah, you know, trying to get a read on this thing is difficult because I was definitely in the camp throughout training camp in the offseason of saying that he was going to start week one simply because he said, he said, my goal is week one. So you talk about, you know, whose fault is it that we had week one as, as uh, you know, the checkpoint. It's the Eagles' fault. I mean, Doug said multiple times he looked like he hasn't suffered an injury. Uh, Wentz said week one. So now, you know, trying to get a read on it's very difficult. I agree with you, uh, James. I think week three is kind of one of those natural points in the schedule where you would say, okay, this makes sense. But my question is, let's say we get past week three and he's not in there. Then, you, I mean, do you wait till the bye week? And this, I feel crazy saying that because I've said all along, once he's cleared, he's cleared, you play him. I thought it would be week one. Week, uh, it's week nine is the bye week. The game after the bye week will be right around 11 months after the surgery, which is kind of a sweet spot there from nine to 12 months. So I agree, like, now that the pressure of week one is gone, because fair or not, I do think there was pressure to start him with the season. And then once that's passed, look, if they, if they win the th- first three games, like, what's the rush to get him back out there? Well, this is, this is the thing that I've been worried about. And if that happens, and even, let's say you're right, and they do, and they wait till after the bye week, you're going to create, and they're winning, and they're let's say they're six and two, or whatever, five and three, and then all of a sudden Carson comes in, he looks a little rusty, and he gets a little. I mean, people which are going to start natural. talking, which, which yeah, is going to be natural. That's the thing is, whenever he plays, he's not going to look like he did when he right. got hurt. I mean, it takes time. It's a sport. It's an athlete, a professional sport. You don't just step in off of LCL and ACL tear and be a hundred percent the same guy. And that's the thing too. Like, obviously, I've said it before. And I'll say it again. The Super Bowl changes everything. You win the Super Bowl, you look at every, everything differently. But I think hearing that it's going to be Foles in Week One was kind of a cold dose of reality onto the fact that your franchise player did suffer a major knee injury. We're talking now, like, let's say he doesn't play until week six or seven, and then he's rusty for a week or two, which was is all perfectly natural. That's no red flag whatsoever. I mean, it's just, it's a huge deal, because now you're eight or nine weeks into the season, you're not getting the same guy. Now, again, you look ahead, we've said it before, 12, 15 years, but it does just kind of highlight that you know the Super Bowl parade was great, and it overshadowed the fact that your franchise player did suffer extremely serious Injury. And this is the balance that I think the Eagles are trying to go for right now. I mean, you've seen it in the offseason leading up to week one right now. It's trying to gather all these new pieces. It's going after, you know, uh, uh, Mike Wallace and, uh, and, and, uh, and Bennett and all these guys, and you're trying to get them together and say, we're going to go back and win another Super Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, now this is where you kind of have to play like a balancing act because you don't want your franchise quarterback feeling like, He's just kind of lost in the dark there. That's been my component of why, uh, you know, it probably would have been a better idea just to trade Nick See, <laughs> I actually think, and I, I knew you were going to bring that up, and that's why I was going to go where I'm going. I think this was the plan. All along? All along. I think Carson, Carson Wentz is, going on. well, I just think, organizationally speaking, I think Wentz's recovery was way faster than the organization expected, faster than anybody expected. I mean, we've all talked about how absurd right. it is, how quickly this guy, how great he looks and all that. I think the plan was always, hey, we're not trading Nick. He's our starter the first two games, three games, month of the season, whatever. That's our plan. And you have to give us two first plus or whatever to change our plan because that is how we are looking at this situation. And I think Wentz's recovery and, and speedy recovery has kind of made them adjust their packaging of the program maybe. But and I think they also you brought up kind of like the high wire act they're walking. Yeah. It is tough in the sense that they've been making it very clear Carson Wentz is our guy. He is the future. They've been bringing him out for press conferences, all that type of stuff. But they're also like Nick's taking first team reps. Yeah. Nick's doing press conferences too. Hey, we're we got both guys here. So I really feel like I feel like this was the plan from the beginning. Wentz's recovery kind of 
threw them off a little bit, but they were like, you know what? We're playing it safe. We have the Super Bowl MVP starting the season off for us. We're fine with that. And I think that the thing to that point as well is you talk about the two first-round picks that they wanted back. You talk about the $20 million cap hit that they have this season for Foles. Now it's it's time for him to, to earn that. I mean, obviously the Super Bowl MVP, clearly this guy knows how to play in big games. The Eagles kept him around, and they didn't trade him, and they didn't you know just go with Nate Sudfeld to start the season because they're expecting him to win these games. I mean, they you know the Falcons game, we'll get into that in a little bit but then you have the Colts uh, week three sorry Tampa week two those are two very winnable games I think the Vikings are a game that they should win at home so now it's time for Nick Foles for and, this Tam- season. Uh, and Tennessee as well away. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee Tennessee away. I think Tennessee is a pretty tough game in Tennessee but I agree like if Carson doesn't play until after the bye it's up to Nick Foles to hand Carson a team that is not three and three, three and four, or whatever. This is time for Nick Foles to repay Carson Wentz for what Wentz did for him last season, hand him a team right before the playoffs that was primed to really, you know, go and do something and really save Nick's career. It's up to Foles now to earn the money, to earn the draft capital that they, you know, apparently gave up in, in terms of not uh, trading him and get this team off to a good start. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and just thinking of that timeline, too. Like, there, I don't think there's any way you start Carson on the road at any time. So that it's was not going to be thought. Tennessee. That's it's not why be I thought Tampa. week three, yeah. That's and, why I kind of pegged week three yeah, there. Yeah, and, and then it makes sense for, for a lot of different reasons. But you're right. I mean, this is, and even for me, because listen, I know he's a Super Bowl MVP, and I know, like, I'm not... We, we've been through the Nick Foles freaking dryer a million right. times. I get it. But <laughs> can, Elliot, we, can we fight about I, it again? I, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he does. That's what I'm saying. Like, for a lot of different reasons, Nick Foles needs to come out there and For himself. And and for He's himself. a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. All right, yeah. this guy wants to be a starter somewhere. He has a, a three, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, let's hope not, game audition. To show people, hey, I'm still the dude. I'm not the dude who just lost five right. nothing in the preseason. That I just didn't matter. Didn't get hot. Yeah, yeah, that whatever. didn't matter. I'm the dude you saw in the Super Bowl. I am someone who deserves to be a starter in this league. It's a big time tryout. And, for and while Foles. we're still talking large, large pitcher, and not just this Thursday, I actually think he'll be fine against the Falcons. To me, what I really want to see from Foles is on the road in Tampa Week Two, a regular one o'clock game. Mm-hmm. You know, not a, a prime time audience. That's been Foles' problem. I mean, that's why Chip Kelly traded him initially. Yeah, he did have that 27 and two season. Uh, you know the season but then he's eight and eight in his last 16 regular season starts he's just extremely inconsistent his highs are highs and his lows are very low and that's what you want to see from him over however many games he does play this year he just needs to show consistency I think that's why you know there was a report that the Browns were offering a second uh, a high second round pick I think there that's why there wasn't as much interest as full in Foles as people expected is because he is just extremely inconsistent oh certainly and uh I think you could have sold him to the bills though <laughs> whatever they're doing now they traded away AJ McCarron and they bring in Paxton I don't for know a if workout. the Bills do anything that is yeah, that true. is rational or logical. You can't think. You can't use logic when you're talking about the Bills. Well, gentlemen, let's focus on Thursday night a little bit because uh, there are some uh, other interesting storylines going into this. Jai has not practiced and was in limited practice. He, he did He's back, back yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, pray. yeah. They had. They don't have to release a uh, injury report, I don't believe, but. He did practice. Okay. Well, they did. They, they did yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, yeah. right. I was thinking of the day he didn't practice. Yeah, yeah. so he uh, he was out there. They had Carson Wentz on the limited uh, practice. I like which seeing is that because, yeah, yeah, it was one of those things where you look and you're like, not not pre- even though it's stupid and we know he's not starting, just yeah. the limited practice was well, just still nice. out there. I that, like that. I was like, that, hey. That's also about making sure he doesn't have to talk to the media. Well, yeah. that's true, true. If he's full, then I think I'm pretty sure he's obligated. No, but, no, no. I meant the as opposed to him being none. Like, this, oh, him right, just saying, like, not practicing, not playing, DNB, whatever. I was like, 
like, oh, at least they're limiting him, <laughs> doing something. Yeah, I obviously be on the report one way right. or the other. And uh, yeah, Elliot Wind goes down there uh, after we're done recording this. Doug's going to speak, and I believe both quarterbacks are going to speak today. Is that now, right? My understanding, and this could change, is that I would be very surprised if we hear from Wentz until he's cleared that to makes actually sense. start. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right now it's Foles' team heading into Week One. Like, yeah, and I think Carson doesn't want to be. I mean, look, it's going to be a distraction no matter what. Everyone's going to ask every week, but putting Carson out there, I mean. You know, it is our job to ask, but to a certain point, what else can he say? Like, right. You know, how are you feeling this Tuesday? How you, you know, I mean, so I think once he's cleared to play, it's when you'll start to see Carson consistently. Which is why I meant to mention before we, we'll wrap up the Doug thing here, but that's why he came out in the middle of, uh, or the, the start of Jim Schwartz's press conference. I think it was like, somebody pointed it out. I think it was, it was a Nick Ferriero or somebody that, I always pronounce Fierro. I always pronounce he his always name wrong. Ferriero. I don't know why. He's like, you mean Fierro? He's like, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but he said, well, won't you have to talk to the, the quarterback? Quarterbacks are going to come out here and and chat, and I think that's why he's just ended it and goes, "Hey, by the way, there's, well, the they're going to start. The Foles is going to start that Thursday." Is, so you know, he gets really mad at because off the report because I think he wanted to be the one to announce it, and then he comes in before Jim Schwartz's presser and says, "I wanted it. I wanted you guys to hear it from me." Well, a minute later, your website announced it, and Dave Spadaro. You know, broke it or whatever. Right, so yeah. It was just a rough 24 hours, I think, in terms of how that whole thing was handled. Shout out to Spuds. We're go breaking spuds. some news. Yeah. Love, love it. it. Uh, and get love the, when Spuds gets get some news. ice cream. He's deserved it this week, too. Yeah. <laughs> just take, take the nice cooling big pressure bowl off. Of vanilla. Uh, so the other interesting thing on the uh, on the re- on the injury report, at least yesterday, was that Mac Collins isn't going, uh, or at least didn't practice, and then uh, interviewed later in the locker room said that he'd probably be pretty, ready to go on Thursday, which is huge. This the, it's a the surprise. The biggest thing for me in this wide receiving core is we don't know who's starting. We don't know who's going to be outside. We don't know who's going to be inside. Obviously, you would think okay, Nelson Aguilar is going to stay in the slot. Mike uh, Wallace is going to stay on the outside. But uh, the um, what I think and I. I know that me and Elliot disagree on this a little bit, but for James, uh, DeAndre Carter is right now. How about it, DeAndre Carter? Make it I love it. Shout man. out it's to DeAndre awesome. Carter. I will not be clapping. <laughs> Suck it, Elliot. Suck yeah. it, Elliot. I will not be clapping. What a great That's story. Fun. Love it. Love yeah, it. you can keep your core. Also, Coleman. real quick yeah, exactly. before while we're just talking about the guts, is everyone freaking out because Josh Adams is now on the practice squad? Are we all right? Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? Congratulations, Donna Pumphrey, for getting to work out with the Lions too. Hey, that's great. Bosby Adams looks like the Eagles knew what they were doing with their cuts. I guess, huh? I don't know. Single player claim that was. Yeah, wow. that was nice. I think that uh, DeAndre Carter is going to see action against Atlanta. I, I have a belief that the biggest reason why they held on to him, I still think he might be moved after everybody mismatch. gets back on here. Mismatch? Big time mismatches. Whoa, I love where your uh, head's at. DeAndre Carter game. Is yeah, I love exactly. where your head's DeAndre at. Well, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about this. It's not a, good. It's not going to be in a, in a in a large capacity. I but like this. I could see 10 snaps where DeAndre Carter's in the slot and you have Nelson Aguilar on the outside Ooh. or he gets involved in the 12 personnel looks that is there because he's got a lot of speed and, you know, RPOs mean slants and darts and sometimes sluggos but, and a lot of that, Can so. we just say the fact that we're discussing DeAndre Carter as a big part of this receiver core just speaks <laughs> just for, to the problems just for this we're week. having? I'm just saying, like, uh, th- think about it. This the guy awesomeness signed, we're having. Yeah, this guy was signed midway story. through camp, never played in a game in five years in the NFL, and now we're we're, we're sitting here and saying, hey, man, may, maybe he gets 10 to 15 snaps, and he's moving inside and outside. Like, no, I'm not trying to hate on DeAndre Carter. You are hating on and DeAndre Carter. Rece- Don't lie. You know, You're I, I know receivers, him. you know, my evaluations throughout <laughs> the year has been pretty <laughs> impeccable, but no, I just... Here's what I'll say. Who has a job who doesn't DeAndre Carter, Jordan Matthews. Well, Jordan, oh, no. Jordan Matthews. Oh, yeah. hey, hey, hey. 
Hey, Jordan Matthews is dealing with a pretty serious injury right now. So uh, I would, uh, I would, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, look, we all catch L sometimes. It happened. Yeah, but that's good. Here's what I'm saying, and I agree with, with to what you're saying that the reason they like Carter is he can play the inside and the outside. But to get back to Matt Collins, like. Man, and I have a hard time faulting a guy who's dealing with an injury, but he had such a big opportunity in training camp and mm-hmm. now, and look at what he could have really accomplished. And we're going into week one, and he's just such a huge question mark. Doesn't practice yesterday. I, I do think he will play on uh, on Thursday, but I think when you look at that receiving core, like you would want Matt Collins to be that quote-unquote sure thing. He had a, a year of experience last year, but I think he is a huge question mark going into the game. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, hernia surgery is is a thing. So. Right, no, I, I agree. That's what I'm yeah, saying. It's such a huge opportunity, Definitely. and it's just it's got to be hard for him to see it. Kind of up up until now, he's not made much of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the bigger, the overhanging thing about this game too is just like, all right, we've been saying for a lot of weeks now that everybody's pretty much banged up. Brandon Graham said he's going to be ready to rock and roll week one. Uh, but, you know, the guy that we haven't talked about yet who's been the most impressive during preseason from OTAs is Shelton Gibson. And this is going to be a humongous opportunity for him, James. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. I was going to say, honestly, like, no matter how ready Hollins is, I think 50-50 in terms of the snaps uh, on the other side between him and Gibson would be my guess. At least I think you're going to see Shelton Gibson. It is not going to be 100% Matt Collins in that Alshon Jeffrey role, whatever you want to call it. So I think there's a big opportunity for Sheldon. And I, I'm more excited about Sheldon tonight just because of the injury with Hollins, of the issues in training camp. Like Sheldon Gibson has shown us something, a little bit. And, you know, I like to not get too, you know, over-concerned with preseason and all that, as you guys know. But going from last offseason where the guy couldn't catch a ball to coming back and actually showing us something, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in meaningful games, meaningful snaps. He's athletic and he's fast. Like, there is some opportunity. I'll here. ask you, too. I mean, who do you have more trust in heading into this game, Mike Wallace or Shelton Gibson? Because Mike Wallace has not played well. And again, it's just preseason, but even in training camp. I mean, him and the quarterbacks, and it's been a split of Foles and Wentz, so I do think these few days of just Foles might help uh, Mike Wallace. But he's not been on the same page with Foles. I mean, he caught like a very small percentage of the passes thrown his way. So who do you guys have more trust trust in kind of going into this game because Mike Wallace is your veteran. He's supposed to be that guy, but I think we would all agree. I mean, you know, Gibson's look look very good. Yeah, look better. I would still say Wallace just okay. be, be, again Same. to the preseason yeah. thing. Guys like that, guys who've been in the league for over 10 years or whatever it mm-hmm. is, I just feel like sometimes they just don't bring it the same way in preseason. Business decisions. Yes, yeah. and, and I have no problem with that. Like, if yeah. you're at a certain age, if you've played enough in the NFL, like, you know what it takes for you to be ready for the season, and if you don't need to show it in the preseason, I'm fine with that. So we'd still have more trust in Wallace, but just the fact that we're even bringing it up and, and including Sheldon Gibson in this question shows you something. Yeah. Speaking of business decisions, fellas, uh, along with uh, you know we uh, us anticipating this amazing experience that's going to happen at the link is... You know, James has said many times Nick Foles is going to ride in on a white horse and uh, have a, a, a glorious sword next to him. And it it's always... actually a unicorn. Joke. Oh, sorry, unicorn. <laughs> We've upgraded to unicorn just a couple of days away from uh, the opener, which means fantasy football's back, baby. Uh, and on Thursday night, about. our friends over at DraftKings are doing something phenomenal. This is what I love about it because most of the time when you're playing fantasy, you just want to focus on the Eagles and you're going, okay, I just want to, I just want to root for my guys. Yep. Guess what? Now you can. Oh. Now you can. Oh. Because th- every Thursday, and I think this is going to go out throughout the season, uh, DraftKings, for this particular home opener, is giving you a chance to win $1 million. 
dollars. Well, That's going to the tropics and getting boats and tropical thi- and umbrella drinks and all that fun stuff. Tropical things. Yeah, it's a ten dollar entry. It's so easy to do. All you got to do go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Simply use the code Go Birds. Go Birds, and that automatically gets you a free entry right into the dance. That's all you got to do. So. 10 bucks automatically gets canceled once you put the deposit in and you go, boom, boom. I'll take the $10 entry. Thank you very much. So, uh, all million, you, know, you said a million dollars, $1 million using the code GoBirds, the single game showdown. It's the newest way to go and do it. All you got to do, pick six players from Thursday night's game. That's fun. Take, the, take DeAndre Carter next week. You'll be a genius. You'll be if richer you do than that. DeAndre Carter in <laughs> at the end of the weekend. How about that? <laughs> it is very true. Six players from Thursday night's game. You just got to stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Top prize is a million dollars, but you don't have to come in first to be a winner. And there are two and a half million dollars in prizes. So again, go download the app, DraftKings.com or DraftKings on the Android or iOS store and use the promo code GoBirds to sign up and uh, make your first deposit. When you do, DraftKings will give you a free shot at a million dollars this Thursday. That is using the code GoBirds. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See Draft.com for details. The one thing when we're going through all these different sets of what is going to make this offense comfortable, because I think that's been our biggest question mark coming into the season, is how are they going to flow? How are they going to do it? We've skipped over the biggest thing of preseason, fellas. 12 personnel, 13 personnel. Richard Rodgers is probably not going to go in this one, or so it seems. Oh, but he's, de- he's definitely not going to play. I saw him in the <laughs> locker room a few days ago. He still has a full leg cast on his right leg. Yeah. So I, I actually thought for a second he might start the season on the pup. I think you're looking at at least two games for him. Yeah. So, But, uh, James, I'm excited for Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. It's going to be Nick Foles' best friend throughout this for the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, and, again, there's going to be rookie pains in there, too. But I'm excited for everyone to finally see what we've all been seeing at OTAs and training camp and just going, wow, that guy is an absolute monster. Yeah, he's getting drafted in fantasy drafts. as like a backup tight end. <laughs> You're like, he's going to score a touchdown. It's really exciting uh, to see – we talked about this a lot when it, when he was drafted and and many times after the concept of Doug Peterson already being the most creative play caller, like you're talking about, just the use of 12 and 13 personnel to get mismatches. I mean, Doug is the master of that, maybe better than anybody else in the NFL at that, and then using motion, all these types of things. When you give him these types of weapons, especially these types of mismatch guys, like two, six, five monsters who yeah. can get anywhere on the field and catch everything you throw at them, I mean, that's unfair for and, other demons. It's going to be really hard for them to to combat, so I'm, I'm really excited about that Ertz potential. talked about that in the locker room earlier this week or early in training camp you know no no shot to Trey Burton or Brent Selleck but one thing Doug loves from his position players and be able to run his offenses he doesn't want you to know what he's doing based off the personnel that's out on the field right last year when you had Trey Burton out there you knew that Zach Ertz when he, when he was out there with Ertz you knew Burton was probably going out on the route Ertz was blocking, vice versa with Brent Selleck. Now when you put Goddard and Ertz out there and you do run that 12 personnel, Doug can do whatever he wants. You can split Mm -hmm. them out both out wide. I mean, look, neither of them are world-class blockers, but I think they're both good enough that it's not a a huge indicator of who's going to do what. But the tough thing is for this Falcons uh, going into Thursday night is Falcons are a very good defense in general, but especially against the tight end. So I do think that's going to be a tough matchup. But overall, I think you know this 12 personnel is going to be an extremely effective package for the Eagles. And it it has to be. It's going to be because there's I think it's 12 personnel and I think we're going to see I hope we see a lot of Jay Ajayi and I hope I'm that's I, I, that was my next point this is well we'll hit to it because I'm a little 
I'm a little back and forth with with how this is going to go because yeah. I know for a lot of people, especially down in Miami, so well, just wait and see until JJ has a full year under his belt. And I'm going okay. I'm I'm still a little nervous that uh, it's not going to be the JJ that James has in his head. He's going to be a monster. This year. <laughs> JJ is going to be a monster. I hope Get you're right, man. They're going to feed him. He is going to be a beast. Look, final year of the contract. They're going to use him. Uh, just get ready for it. It's the Jayajayu bust out year. I think with the, one of the preview pod or prediction pods yes. that we did, I said I think he leads the team in not just rushing yards. I think I might have said him or Aguilar in scrimmage yards. I think Jayajayu is going to have a monster, monster yeah, season. I think one of the reasons you could see that is because in a contract year, both sides are going to have a lot of incentive to give him the ball a ton. One, a Jay is going to want it a ton. And two, the Eagles more than likely are not going to resign this guy because of the long-term knee issues he has. So they're just going to run him into the ground this season. Yep. So I do agree with you that he's going to touch the ball a ton. And earlier this offseason, I was writing a story about top running backs in the league. And, you know, obviously we talk about the top guys like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Saquon Barkley for some sure, reason is already mentioned. Girly. Yeah, Todd Gurley. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't understand but, uh, that. But Jay Ajayi is like six in, in the league over the last two years in rushing yards, which is pretty impressive when you consider that uh, he switched teams last year. So when this guy is on, when you do have him for 16 games, he is one of the most dangerous backs in the NFL. That's just a fact. And I don't think we talk about him enough like that just because Eagles do kind of use a running back by committee. But I agree this year you will see him a ton. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited. Bust out. Yeah. Bust Get ready. 1,200 plus? Is yeah. that what you He's done it before. Or why not again? He did it before in what, like 12 games or something like that. Yeah. Granted, he had like two 200 yard games in there, but <laughs> I, I, look, I think, I think everything you're hearing out of there, I think the way they're going to use him, I think the way they need him, especially the first month of the season with Foles in there, I mean, they need a running game. They need a competitive running game. And I really think that the running game is a jai. I know it's a, a, a committee back there in the sense Sproles is going to do a ton of pass work. I think Clement will get the second most carries, but I think he's going to be more pass work too. I think Jay Jai is your primary running back as far as it goes and I think he's going to be successful and especially with this over. Yeah, and it's going to be a, a pretty decent test once again we know what Atlanta is they're in the fast front is what they, they are, are fast they're such a fast defense we talked about this last year heading into the playoff game during the season one of the I mean you know um, Deion Jones is like that's your my guy. guy. I love. Yeah. I loved him when no one heard of him, and then in the Super Bowl, he busts out, and everyone's like, "Oh, that guy's really good." I'm like, "Yeah, he's really good." But I think Deion Jones. I mean, that's they're so fast. Like there's the linebackers, the front seven. They're such a quick defense. Um, as much as I want Ajayi to have a big game, I do think that it is Foles going to have to make some plays. He's absolutely going to have to, and this is kind of to your point, Elliot, of mm-hmm. why they have to find a rhythm and throw them off. I mean, I. To me, when I look at even just a little bit of what they're kind of doing during training camp, I think this is the first time you might see a little, not, not pistol heavy, but you're going to see those looks in there. Ooh. You're going to see some split backs. Right. You're going to see a lot of jet because you have to keep these guys off balance well, if they're playing fast. I think one of the really good points James made uh, this past Saturday when we did our radio show was Nick Foles is a quarterback that needs coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the Falcons' defense, there's no denying it, absolutely extremely athletic. It's what the players have talked about the most when discussing this Falcons team. But they are a team that, because they're so fast, they guess right away and they run downhill right at that. So I do think with giving Doug, I mean, look, I know it's been training camp, but they've been preparing for the Falcons for, I would guess, five weeks You know, heading into this game. So I think... Doug is going to have a good game game plan going. And you saw that in the uh, playoff game. They didn't score a ton of points, obviously, because of our boy Nick Foles. But, you know, a lot of misdirection stuff. I think this is a really good game for Doug to kind of show off again on the national stage why he's probably the best coach in the NFL right now. Certainly. And that's we've we've said it a lot. I think it's it's just kind of 
and it's the right thing. I mean, controlling the middle of the field, at least offensively, for the Eagles is going to be hugely important in this game. There, you know, the linebackers are a big reason why. And when we're getting into talking about the wide receiving core and who's going to do that, I mean, this is still, you know, Trufant is is still no slouch out mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's a pretty good secondary that they're going to have to go up against. Good safety. So, so that's. That's another part of this, too, where it's I, I don't think it's going to be a ton of shots downfield. And, of course, they're going to take like 50 now that I said that. But it's uh, this is Nelly. This is work in the middle of the field. This Ertz, is Goddard. Yeah, this is the of the Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks saying, let's go, motherfucker. And then and, and drive the truck, you know, to the right side as many times as they can. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of pulls on both sides yeah. of the line. I think you're going to see a lot of counters. And that's how they should gone a game plan. for Ooh, these Yeah, guys. I think when you look at where offensively, defensively, the mismatches are, you look at that. Eagles offensive line against the Falcons D-line. It's a very talented D-line, but it is a smaller, faster D-line. And this Eagles offensive line, the I would say the number one hallmark compared to other offensive line is their, is their athleticism and their ability to get to the second level between Brooks and Kelsey and Wiz. All these guys, Lane, are so amazing at moving and getting to the second level and getting out in front and leading. This is the type of defense where that strength plus athleticism is going to be a big, big factor for the Eagles. And I think on the flip side, the Eagles defensive line has a huge advantage against this Falcons offensive line. I mean, you know, preseason and training camp's not always the best time to kind of highlight how good a defensive line is. But now that we're in the regular season, I think you're really going to see, I mean, Derek Barnett was a guy, I say, I would say all offseason, we probably all thought of as a breakout guy. Hasn't made a ton of noise in training camp and preseason because of what I just said. It's not really when defensive linemen shine, but I think that this defense in general is going to be very good. But Thursday night, you'll really see the big advantage there in terms of the Eagles defense defensive line against this Falcons offensive line and I think they will be able to contain the the offense because of that. Well James this is my big that's my boldest prediction for this game Ooh. on Thursday. Let's hear it. It's going to be it's going to be hell for Matt Ryan. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It normally is in Philly. Yeah, yeah and, uh, <laughs> and it, you're exactly right. I mean you're just putting him on the road to start it's, it doesn't usually yield good results but Michael Bennett yeah, and you've been just been. I I'm mean, so excited. I smile on his face right there when he said Michael Bennett was like every Eagles fan listening. I'm right so now. excited to watch yeah. him. Like, they're nobody's ready for this. I know. Is what I'm saying. Like they're going, oh, that's a that's a great upgrade. You don't get it yet. You don't get it yet. Even if it's a half speed Brandon Graham that's going to be there, you are going to see that NASCAR package so many times, Ugh. and it's going to start right now because of the other reason of why I've been so high on the secondary and what this looks like it's going to be and what it can be. James, the defense is going to shine on Thursday night. Yeah, and they need to, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at this, and again, I'm as Elliot mentioned, I'm a big believer that it's impossible to grade or judge Nick Foles when he does not have someone yeah. coaching him up and putting him in the best position to succeed. We saw how successful that can be, obviously. And and when that's happening, we saw how good Nick can be in those situations as well. So I'm not doubting the ability of this offense to go out and be successful on Thursday night. But uh-huh. having said that, I mean, you look at it, they're just a lot of guys who haven't played together in a little while. I mean, none of these guys were really playing through the preseason, whether it's Aguilar, Clement, the op- offensive linemen. I mean, you're seeing a lot of this. And then Foles getting all the first team reps this week will help and all that. But I just expect a touch of rustiness on the offensive side of the ball. I don't expect them to come out slinging it like they were in the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship <laughs> game. More like the first half of that Atlanta yeah. game. But I think the defense is going to come out ready. 
I think the defense is going to come out fired up. I think that if you're going to look at where that emotion is going to play in, I think that's going to help the defense more than it helps the offense. I feel I, I'm with you. I think I think this could be a much lower scoring game on Thursday night than people are expecting. Those are all valid points, but I think this is a prime example of us like looking really closely at the Eagles and not taking into account that this is the Falcons' first game as well. And the reality is, a lot of times in the preseason, now starters don't play a ton, so they have been getting reps together in training camp. But Howard Eskin uh, tweeted out something I thought was a really good stat was. The Super Bowl champions are he was like fourteen and three straight up or something like that in their first game. So I, I just and think, six and one since the Thursday night thing too. Right. Oh, so okay. Rust is absolutely a factor and I think it'll be for both teams. But I just think having this game at home, you know, it's just so much different than having to open up in Atlanta. And that's why you get that advantage of having that Super Bowl ring on your finger. You you do get it at home. But I think I think we'll see Rust from both teams. This crowd is gonna be ready. It's that's gonna, that's what I, I, I know. Mean, it's gonna be it, well, here, here's the thing, right? Is it is it more like five or is it more like tears and whatnot? Because it's going to be a, it's combi- like a powerful combination. Yeah, it's going to be a yeah. combination <laughs> exactly. of all this emotion. It's it's the Eagles are back. We're watching them play on Thursday night in front of the nation, but we're also watching the fucking banners get dropped. That we wait for our whole freaking lives. Like I, I it's just I think it's going to be awesome, but I think it's going to be a real weird mix of emotion for a football game to be played after the, all this stuff goes down. I, it's going to be fascinating. And I think there's a worry out there from some people like it'll be too emotional for this Eagles team. But having been around them all last year, I can tell you like they absolutely thrive off of this. I mean, the feeling in the Super Bowl when they ran out on the field to you know Meek Mill like to before the NFC Championship game, like I can tell from the press box when I look down at them warming up how they're going to play. And the times they've played their best is when they're jumping the crowds rocking like when it's just insanity down there so i actually think that this environment yeah i mean maybe you know tires them out a little bit just because the initial adrenaline but i think they will answer this big stage i think it helps them out that it's going to be like that well that that's a must play if they're not already planning on but doing it. I, I, Hold up, I wait gotta, a minute. Y'all thought we, I was finished? I gotta, oh, yeah. I got to take it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got to take oh, it. Don't do it, ESP. Don't you, do it. You play it Thursday night, but then you retire it short of like the Super Bowl. Like That was last year's song. Like I'm at training camp practice, and they're playing it on a random Tuesday morning. Like, that was, but that's what got them fired yeah, up like, is, for it's everything. It's almost like the Rocky theme song now, in a way. Like, no! Listen, Rocky got a run from 1976 till now, which I agree. If I walked around all day every day and the Rocky soundtrack was just playing behind me, I would be fine with yeah, that. Sooner like, or we're later. Good. All right. We're good. Never. I'm just saying retire never, it. Never, retire never, it after no. Thursday night. No. Pull it out when you need it. It's a bad take. When, if you need... If it's you, a good take. Bad take. <laughs> yeah. bad I'm going to disagree and say good take. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me check the good take, bad take book. And Oh, yeah. no. It's a bad take. It's okay. a bad take. Right. Uh, but, they, but that's what I think for the crowd and everything. The moment that drops for all of us, we're... You know, that's what you need. So just like what you guys are saying, it's going to go tears from tears to we're going to try and take our shit away from us. I was like, you know, like it's I, I'm really looking forward to that. The crowd will always be ready. Uh, we know that uh, more than likely the Eagles are going to be always ready when it comes to this. But that's why it's for ten, for this week, fellas. And uh, we all have a sixer uh, of this coming to us, which is phenomenal. The Cape May Brewing Company has this phenomenal northern pale ale called the Always Ready, which was in Ooh. honor of a lot of the uh, uh, the Navy shipmen and, and all of that. So we actually brought Jenna from the Cape May Brewing Company down to explain why this is the perfect beer for this week. Hey, John, how you doing? Uh, uh, things are great. This is, uh, I think, one of the best weeks to, to be around the city. It's still nice. You can still hang out on the shore, but yes. uh, walking around, you see everybody wearing their Eagle shirts. But every time I think of Cape May, I think I'm at the beach all yeah. ready to go, which is why this week we're drinking the Always Ready IPA. 
Yeah, so actually, it's a uh, it's a Northeast Pale Ale. Ah, so well, what's the difference? Uh, it's actually we pretty much qualify it as a low ABV hop bomb. Uh, so <laughs> nice. yeah, so it's definitely more hoppy than a pale ale, uh, but it's really more of those trip- tropical citrusy uh, kind of hops. It's like Denali, Eldorado, Citra. Those details probably aren't super important. I would qualify it as solid uh, tailgate. Oh, beer okay, for nice. you know which early is, on Thursday, which is why we're here, and you can not that we want people to drink a ton of these, right? But we want to drink a ton of them responsibly, right? That's what I'm right. excited yeah, about. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a low ABV, like I said, it's four point eight percent. You know, we actually brewed it with the the Coast Guard in mind. Uh, always ready, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah semper okay. semper parentis. Uh, but I also think it qualifies for the the start of the season as well. well yes, yeah. I mean, are you pumped for the start of the season as well? I am. I am. I'm psyched that Nick Foles is going to be. Uh, you know, taking over for game one, I think that we're going to be fine. Uh, what do you make of that, by the way? This week, you know, there's like a little bit of snippiness back and forth yeah. between Doug and the media, and like, could he use an always ready? Uh, he could have used, himself, uh, yeah, I think, I think, a, a yeah, one of those probably would have helped. <laughs> yeah, I just to uh, deal Ease with the, the media. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, can we get? Is there a is there a score in mind when it comes to <laughs> it on you know Thursday night? Lights are bright. We're all celebrating. Yeah. Maybe as uh, James Seltzer has mentioned many times, maybe Nick Foles rides in on a white horse and. <laughs> You know, is I'd, I'd like to see that. Like I, I think the defense is going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, I would, I would believe it'd be a low-scoring game, maybe just because I think our de- defense is going to be great. Our offense needs to warm up a little bit, but I think it's going to get there too. So I would probably go in like a no one's scoring more than twenty-one points. We okay, win. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's yeah, just kind of a nice feel of uh, the divisional round when you know these two teams met once before. So that's <laughs> fine. But that's so. Where can you go get? The always ready. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. if, if you're looking to, yes. to you know get prepared for the start of the season, again, whatever you're doing on Thursday. It's a short week. Yeah. We've got to get ready. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, well, we certainly, I would recommend going on to the katemaybrewery.com website. We have a beer finder. So I know that everybody has been uh, hanging out down the shore, having some Cape May brews, but we also are all around the city. So we're at bottle shops. We're at uh, lots of bars in the, the area as well. So there's definitely going to be a place near you that you'd be able to pick some up. More importantly, hopefully in your mouth as well, is mm-hmm. that where? this delicious always ready cape may brewing company beer belongs jenna uh, i hope we can see you again sometime in the in the near future during the season Absolutely. and uh she's already delivered a, a a fine amount of the always ready so we're ready too we hope you are and uh thanks for stopping by uh, thanks a lot thanks for having us so thanks to jenna she'll be hopefully with us with even more beer uh, throughout the yeah, season, I didn't, I didn't which is more beer is more beer is better than than less beer. <laughs> That's right. It's so, my general life philosophy. Cape May Brewing Company, Cape May Brewing uh, Brewery dot com. Uh, in uh, if you're around the, if you're actually anywhere in the tri-state area, they definitely have it because I know they have it by by me, and I'm down at uh, Broad and Christian there. So uh, I think, uh, fellas, it's uh, the 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 breakout star for Week One, and I know it's hard because we're not sure who it's going to be, but Elliot, I'm sure. who's your guy? I'm sure. <laughs> I'll I'll take it one step further than that. I think by first of all, my breakout star is Dallas Goddard for the reasons we discussed. Absolutely. I think a lot of attention on Zach Ertz, obviously playing in his first game. Uh, Dallas Goddard is so I think you know pe- the national audience will get to know him. But I think at the end of the year, we're going to view Dallas Goddard as a top ten, top ten tight end in this league. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Because the flame, the flames yeah. are coming out of his mouth. <laughs> well, while he said I mean, it. You, you, I think by the end of this year, you're not going to see many players in the league that are a better receiving tight end. Than this guy, he catches everything thrown his way. He is basically, I'm not, I don't want to say Zach Ertz 2.0, but pretty close right so i think on thursday night against the falcons he's gonna have a big game and overall i think this is going to be you are going to see why the, this guy was considered the best tight end prospect uh, in the draft i mean i'm i'm ready for it 
I'm ready for that. Yeah, you've been ready. <laughs> you've been ready. James, Don't shut your, up about it. Who's your guy for Thursday? Someone people might not have heard DeAndre of. DeAndre Carter. This man named Nick Foles. <laughs> you might not, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it's JJ. I already mentioned it. I, th- I, think it yeah. I think it's the beginning of the, the bust out. And I know JJ is already a, a pretty well-known player and all that. I think I think he's a... Let's put it this way. I think JJ has a chance to lead the NFL in rushing. Ooh. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but like I, I don't know what the odds are if it's like 40 to 1. I'd throw a few shekels down on J.J. to lead the NFL in rushing. I think he has that big a season back there. I just don't know if they run the ball enough for him to lead the league in rushing yards, but I think that's the type of season we're about to be in for for J.J. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've heard this name, but uh, Fletcher Cox is going to get four. <laughs> He's going to get four and maybe more to lead this four defense. Four or more? Wow. Four or more. Uh, that's my bold prediction. It probably won't be four. But uh, I... I wouldn't be surprised if he does because it's just a, it's the, the way that they are going to rotate this defensive line. It's going to be very confusing. Um, I, I like that. And here's the other surprise too: is not even really surprised. I have no idea what Haloti Nod is going to bring. Yeah. E- either way, I have no idea if this is just veteran preseason stuff or if it's just like he's just a, a filler and we got in there. Destiny Vi out starting next to him. That's right. So, so I mean, think of how far that's fallen, right? Yeah, the guy that was inactive most of last last year. Exactly. <laughs> so I think Fletch is going to have to kind of be the guy at least uh, in the first couple of quarters here and really take care of business. And I think this is just like your bold prediction with JJ leading. The, I think Fletcher Cox has a chance to lead the league in sacks. DPOY really baby. DPOY. I, I, I just he. This is what. He is uh, led up to this entire like past two seasons. He goes, I just want to be the guy now. I just want to go kill the quarterback. Can I just go kill the quarterback now? And I think the injury to Tim Jernigan I was is going to say it's, it's a tough season because last year we all saw how having Jernigan next to uh, Fletcher Cox really helped him with those double teams, right? And so this year I think Cox is going. He's going to see more double teams. But I agree. I mean, you saw it in the brief part of the preseason that he did really. Uh, play and try. I mean, the, he's an absolute monster. So All right. With that being said, it's time for the picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The picks are brought to you by the casino at Delaware Park, which now, boy, oh boy, if you're not getting down there for legal NFL betting, no more parlays, although not just parlays, I should say. They do it all. Uh, The casino at Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery, and you must be 21 to play. Gentlemen, let us uh, go to Carolina to start off the festivities. I can't believe it's time. This is good. I'm getting, I'm getting, chills. Right I'm getting chills that we get to do NFL picks. Carolina taking on your vaunted Dallas Cowboys, which James Seltzer said himself could be the worst in the division. Oh, not could be. Will be. Will be the worst Will in the division. Be. Carolina is getting the home three here, my friend. Where are you going in this one? And Carolina's home or Dallas's home? And Carolina's home. And they're only a three-point favorite? That's right. Really? Easy. Oh my God, I'll take the Panthers all day, every yeah. day. They should be a six-point home favorite over Dallas. Dallas stinks, guys. Get ready. <laughs> that Dallas is not going to be a three-point dog very often. It's going to be more than that. This is a bad Dallas team. I think Carolina's actually going to be okay. I'm worried about the O-line a little bit, but I think they're a 9-10 win football team. They'll be good enough. I'll take Carolina all day and feel happy about it. Yeah, I'll definitely take the three points for sure. I think you know, maybe it's close just because it is the first week of the season. You know, both teams come a little rusty, but I think Carolina is considerably better than Dallas. I would definitely take the Panthers in this one. Oh, ring the bell! No, Ew, you just. 
one to ring the bell, no, didn't you? You're I pushing did, it. I didn't. Ew. I, uh, what a terrible bang, bell ring to start the I, year. I, I, I mean, Carolina is still Carolina. They do the up wow. and down thing just as much as Dallas. Wow. I'm, I'm going to say that it's it's going. this game is going to be the ugliest of the week. Oh, man. I'm going to say that first. And, uh, Carolina and by Dallas, 30. Dallas is gonna <laughs> Dallas is gonna cover this. That's what I'm gonna say. Wow. So uh let's go to uh well, we won't call it New York. We will call it New Jersey. Yeah. As uh Elliot, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are coming into town. They are a three point favorite on the road coming into uh, Giants territory. What do you have in this one? So I went through the Giants schedule uh earlier this week and I don't think they're gonna win almost a single game outside of the division. I, lo- I, look, at, I look at that. I mean, it's absolutely brutal. I think the Bucks are the only team they'll beat. The Jaguars are going to absolutely smoke the Giants in MetLife Stadium. The Giants are trash. They're going to be the worst team in the division. Jacksonville, I think, is going to the Super Bowl. I think this is going to be a big Jaguars win. Yeah, I'm with you, Elliot. I don't know about I don't know about the Jags going to the Super Bowl, but I really like the Jags this year. He hates on them. Yeah. I think they're a good football team, yeah. and I think they're going to be good again. I think the defense will play yet again. Um, yeah. I think they're better than the Giants. I think they go in and they, they beat up on them week one. Well, Jacksonville yeah. is is going to, I mean, this might be a 20-point ball game. Yeah. This is going to be atrocious. You mean like 20 to nothing? Yeah, something like that. Like, this is, this is, I cannot wait to see that defense just tear up this. I mean, the Giants claim seven people, <laughs> seven people, and they're working out two other guys this week. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way on that. All right, the I, what I think is probably, uh, a really fun game to watch in the uh, besides the Eagles, obviously Minnesota taking on San Francisco in their first go. We get to see Mister DiFilippo and his uh, Kirk Coupons offense kind of roll out there. James, they are five point favorite at home against the 49ers. What say you? I'm really torn on this one. Feels like the right spot for the line. Look, I'll start out by saying I think Minnesota is going to be really good this year. I expect that to work out. I think the defense is going to be really good again. I think eventually Cousins will be a better uh, quarterback there than Keenum. They've got weapons. I worry about that O-line. Having said all that, five points is too many. Give me the points of taking the Niners. (laughs) Jimmy G. Jimmy Jesus. I love it. So I'm big on the Niners this year. I think this, if it's not the Eagles, these are probably the two best teams in the NFC outside of that. I think this is a potential championship preview. Wow. But for me, I think the Vikings... They're just so much better at home. Like on the road, we saw it last year. The defense is, they're frauds on the road. But at home, I agree five points. Like it's tough to decide, but I think I'll take the Vikings there. Um, I think the Niners maybe could be a bit of a slow start just because they're probably feeling themselves so much with all this hype. I'm going to go with the uh, Vikings plus five. Or sorry, Vikings with the points. Oh, ring it again! <laughs> uh, my takes have to have to align with my picks, and I've been on Jimmy G's nuts since uh, <laughs> since the beginning here. So I'm gonna say that it's just a for more or less than anything because Minnesota's gonna be so overhyped and the fan base is gonna be so overhyped about all the different stuff that's happening. You got a brand new quarterback, and then all of a sudden San Francisco just like late field goal and ends up uh, taking care of business. So I'll take them out right too. Why not? Wow. So should be fun. But the most important picks will start with you, Elliot. The Philadelphia Eagles, as of now, are a uh, minus four at home as they take on the Atlanta Falcons with all eyes watching uh, around the uh, league and uh, whatnot. Who are you taking in this? So I was going to ask if we're doing with the points or not. But oh, yeah, with the points. I don't think it matters because to me it's just a mat. I think this Eagles team is going to show up big on Thursday night. And I think the Eagles have the better offensive line. They have the better defensive line. They have the better coach. They're at home. And last year it, – it, we, we forget just because of everything that happened, but this team was absolutely dominant at home. They consistently won games where you were like, ah, oh, this seems like a tough spot for them. 
I'm not going to start the season off by betting against this team. To me, that's really what it comes down to. I think Nick Foles is going to play much better than he did in the preseason. Uh, I think the defense is going to be absolutely dominant. Yes, the Falcons' offense is is good. They do have some weapons, but I think the secondary is much improved. And I'm not picking Matt Ryan to come into Philadelphia in a primetime spot and win the game. So I do think the Eagles win this game, and I'll also take the uh, – I think they win by more than four. I'm not going to ring it aggressively. <laughs> I'll just say ring the bell here. <laughs> um, I don't want to ring it aggressively. I just – look – I think this game could go either way. I'm going to take the points. I've said for a while that I thought the Eagles would lose the game. Now that Foles has been announced, there's a little bit more of a kind of um, you just know what you're going into. I could see it going either way. I worry about the emotion, like I said, kind of being more of a hindrance than a positive like it was last year in New England. And also about this Atlanta team just basically waiting all offseason for this specific game in this specific spot. I'm going to take the points. I really don't feel great about it one way or the other. I think it's a three-point game no matter what. So, look, I don't know. I've said for a while I think the Falcons win. If I had to bet my life, I'd bet on the Falcons pulling it out. But, again, I I would take the points and leave it at that. R.I.P. James. (laughs) (laughs) I've, uh, I mean, I've been saying for months, I've been saying since March that this is going to be a loss. Yeah. And um, I've uh, I've seen the light. Oh, And the thing is... I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. I'm going to stick with it. I that's unfortunate. That's I know play. it's a kind of smart play. Listen, I, I, uh, and just, okay, so we all have to agree right now, as it is week one, although, uh, you know. Not overreacting. We're not we're overreacting. Not overreacting. We're, not we're not overreacting. I cannot make that. But, Elliot. But, Elliot. <laughs> I would also like say, I'm like, going to overreact. Everyone on Twitter time. was probably like, oh, fuck Elliot. He's a hater, blah, blah. I'm the only one to hear the pick these. <laughs> <laughs> everyone well, on Twitter was like, yeah. Which I was going to say for the fan base, as we're picking right now. So if James and I, are doing the reverse jinx thing and you're staying and picking with the Eagles, we have to stay with that until that gets broken. Can we all make that agreement oh, right now? I'm not changing my, yeah, I'm not changing okay. my. No, that's what I'm saying. You always, you always have to pick the Eagles. We always have to go okay. against. Okay, kind of makes this pick segment a little less <laughs> interesting to listen to, but sure, let's go with that. Uh, I, uh, I hope that uh, all of you can come out for the pep rally uh, tonight if you are listening to this uh, at the uh, Paper Street Pub in Manayunk. I want to thank uh, Cape May Brewing Company and DraftKings for being a part of the opening launch, and no matter what happens during this football game, this is the start of another title run in Philadelphia, which is something that we didn't think was ever going to happen. The Eagles have a chance to go back and win another Super Bowl and make their own history doing this. Thursday night, I want everybody there to just be jacked up and fired up. We're going to be at the Jet Row lot starting early and often. As soon as James is done with the midday show, we might just start drinking right then. We are going to blow this thing out every year. We're so happy to be back. We're so happy to be a part of this uh, this fan base and to uh, hopefully have some really kick-ass things happen throughout it. But before we sign off, just after we uh, we stopped recording, the Eagles granted us with some new news as they put Richard Rodgers on IR. So uh, that makes sense of why they kept four tight ends and held on to Josh Perkins in that four spot. Um, so he goes to IR, as Elliot was explaining. You know, he's been in a brace um, every time that he's went out and seen him. So Marcus Whedon is now back on the team, which makes my DeAndre Carter take probably not as great because he'll probably take those five or ten snaps or whatever. And Doug just took the podium and said that Mac Collins will officially be out for this game. So I would expect uh, not a heavy dose, but he'll be in there for sure. And just one other note that they gave us, uh, Joe Walker is now signed back, but he's heading to the practice squad 
and uh, he will live there until he is needed. So let us get ready for the Shelton Gibson era, and hopefully Mac Hollins doesn't stay off the field for too long. For Elliot Shore Parks, for James Seltzer, I'm John Bartry. This has been Go Birds number 10 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds. Go Birds. Picks are brought to you by the <laughs> Elliot's still learning it's the way we do things. I was like, why are we all silent? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> He'll learn. The picks are brought to you by the <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> we gotta, hold on, hold on. <laughs> My bad. <laughs>